Good morning and welcome to Naples United Church of Christ here in Naples, Florida. My name is Dawson Taylor and I have the privilege of serving as senior minister. And no matter if you are joining us via live stream, Facebook Live, or if you've downloaded our podcast, we're grateful to have you worshiping with us today. As we begin worship, I want to let you know about a few events happening in the life of this great church. Today, by midnight, is the last day to purchase gifts in our virtual alternative gift market and to support the Angel Tree. I also want to thank those of you who have already participated and chosen a wonderful mission partner to support. One of those mission partners could include Lucy Lights, Baby Basics, or People for Guatemala. Remember that once you purchase one of the items, you will receive an email with a link to an attractive card that you can download, print, or send along to the person on your holiday gift list, telling them about the perfect gift that you have purchased for them. Also, I hope you'll make plans now to join us later today via Zoom at 4.30 for a new Advent tradition, one that I'm really excited about, our Christmas tree blessing. I hope that you'll join other families to bless your tree through the sharing of ideas and memories, prayers and singing. In preparation, I want to invite you to choose an ornament on your tree and be prepared to share a story or memory about it and why it's special to you if you feel comfortable to do so. To register, please go to the link in your Saturday e-blast or you can call the church office during worship today and we'll make sure that we have you registered. Our offering today, thanks to the support of our board of trustees, will go to the Christmas fund. This is a fund that is supported by the pension boards and ministerial assistance. This is a historic offering that has been a part of our denomination for well over 100 years now. And I have to brag on you as a congregation for a moment to say that we have led the denomination for the last 13 years in this offering. So I want to invite you to please be generous. The funds for this offering go to help support retired clergy and lay people who have worked in service to the church. And so you can certainly click on the link that is in uh, our worship service later during the offertory. You can send a check to the church office or you can certainly call the church office later this week. And I wanna invite you for Christmas Eve worship. You can begin watching the services starting on Wednesday at noon. They will be available for download or you can join us at our traditional worship hours on Christmas Eve, 4, 6, 8, and 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Of course, our 4 p.m. service is our family and children's service, and then 6, 8, and 10 are the traditional Christmas Eve service that you are accustomed to in the spirit of the lessons and carols. And so I want to invite you, whether it is on demand or if you live stream the service on Christmas Eve evening, to join us for this special time of worship. Lastly, it is a privilege on behalf of the congregation this year to welcome our last membership class of the year. It's an amazing thing to be able to welcome new members, even in the midst of our social distancing and virtual worship. 
but it's also such a privilege to welcome Frank and Carol Bennett, who live here in Naples and part-time in Edina, Minnesota. And of course, to welcome Jean Stevens, who also lives here in Naples and part-time in Hinsdale. As we often say here, we welcome and celebrate the, all the places that have been places of spiritual home for each of these, but we also celebrate that we now are a part of that journey. And so it is a privilege to welcome them. And so I want to invite you now to join with me in our formal recognition. We rejoice in recognizing you as members of Naples United Church of Christ. We celebrate the diversity of needs, ideas, and visions that God has created. As our faith journeys are united, we give thanks for our past and ask God's blessing on our church and its future. We promise to support one another in the common task of building here on earth the realm of God. Again, welcome, and we are grateful to have you here as members of this great church. And now, as a growing congregation, let us center our hearts and minds as we prepare for worship today. Now is the time in our worship when we're invited to close our eyes to the light and the motion all around us and open ourselves to that still, small voice that speaks so quietly in a time of prayer. Let us pray. O Lord of life, if we're honest, the twinkling joys of Christmas seem to be competing with the stark reality of the darker parts of this particular season. We enter your presence, wearied by the burdens that 2020 has delivered. Yet we give you thanks for the one whose birth we anticipate. For if there's anything that we have discovered, it's how much we need your presence in a time where lives have been upended and nothing is certain. In these moments, when we pause, we choose to release the future into your hands long enough to enter this time of worship that ushers us into your serenity. And when we do, we discover that you have been here all along, waiting for us to be still enough to notice your presence. In this Christmas season, we want to trust that you are the God of impossible dreams, that you can step into our world and accomplish far more than we could ever ask or even imagine. So we pray that you might melt the hardness in our hearts, that we would be able to serve others in fresh ways. We hope that you might reconcile relationships that have been broken. We pray that you would gently show us the parts of ourselves that are self-absorbed or self-serving. We invite you to knock down the guarded walls we so carefully built around our lives that the gates would swing open to see what you see and to lead us to take steps that bring a glimpse of your realm here on earth. Our prayers expand beyond our own circles to include those beyond us who need your presence in concrete ways. 
for the ones who are facing uphill battles with illness, for those who know loneliness because of grief, for the homeless huddled around any warmth they might find, for the ones who feel like outsiders looking in, for those who know poverty in a season marked by plenty, and for each one of us who brings a hidden burden into your presence, we pray in a moment of silence. Oh God, in these days ahead, help us not to keep Christmas locked in our hearts, but to give it away by exuberant armfuls. Help us to share and laugh and live Christmas with overflowing hands and expansive lives. Open each of our hearts to the freshness of your love in the magic of a tiny baby, in Jesus Christ our Lord, in whom we pray together, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. The angel said, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will name him John. An angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Mary was much perplexed by the angel Gabriel's words, the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. An angel of the Lord stood before the shepherds, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day, in the city of David, a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. Each of these verses related to the story of Jesus' birth involve an ordinary person having an extraordinary encounter with God. Angels are God's messengers. Each person received a message about something that was going to happen something incredible. They were awed, perplexed, terrified. That is not an unusual or unreasonable response to what are often called kairos moments, times when, in ways beyond human understanding, God's presence breaks into our lives. We are awed. Part of awe is fear. And yet the angel says, do not be afraid. At Christmas, we retell the story of the humble birth of a baby more than 2,000 years ago. We celebrate the birth of Jesus because we know the rest of the story. 
we know that he was a person somehow both human and divine, a person who embodied and revealed God's love and will for us. I do not want in any way to take away from the miracle of Jesus, but I have to tell you that I think every birth is a miracle. I used to have a small decorative pillow with an embroidered message, a baby is God's opinion that the world should go on. If our hearts are open to it, the birth of a baby is an encounter with God. When the clergy discussed themes for our meditations, it was suggested that we might want to share a time when we felt afraid. As I reflected on the birth of Jesus and the birth of babies, I remembered a time when my daughter, our first child, was about a week old. I was sitting holding her when she threw up. Not the kind of spit up that you quickly get used to. This was more like projectile vomiting, and I felt afraid. I was awed by the gift of this new life, but also responsibility for it. I remember clearly the feeling that I had already done something wrong. I wanted to be able to start over and not make whatever mistake I had made. I got over that, but I never got over the feeling that parenting is an awesome task. It's probably wise to maintain a little bit of awe and fear, lest we take it too lightly. So awe and fear are natural human responses. Why then fearful faith? That's a way of saying that you can have fear and faith. Having fear does not mean you have no faith. Having faith allowed Zechariah, Joseph, Mary, and the shepherds to move through their fear and do all the miraculous things God was calling them to do. Having faith enables us to cope with the fears we experience as parents. Having faith empowers us to keep going through hard times, even a global pandemic, when we fear for the future. Having faith allows us to hear the angel voice reassuring us, do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, Emmanuel. God is with us now and always. Amen. Puerto Vallarta, Mexico is one of my favorite places in the world. I travel there annually with a group of friends, and I look forward to it all year. Great food and drinks, beautiful beaches, and time with friends where I can just rest and renew. One of my biggest griefs of 2020 was that I actually canceled two attempted trips to Mexico. My last trip there, one day, two of my friends and I went zip lining in the jungle. Now, let's be clear about two things. I do not like heights, and I do not tend to be one who easily trusts. 
That is a dangerous combination when you think about ziplining in a jungle in Mexico. However, as the saying goes, when in Rome, so I girded my loins and we headed out for the ziplining day. We took the bus to the location. We hiked up the mountain to begin. And the guide explained that there would be five different zip lines that would take you down to the bottom of the canyon. At this point, my adrenaline was flowing through my veins. I was ready to conquer the world. The first zip line, I was so focused on doing it right, my mind did not wonder. The second zip line, I started to ease up a little and enjoy the beautiful scenery around me. By the third zip line, the inevitable questions began to arise. What in God's name have I done? I am halfway up a mountain, and the only way down is to ride on a skinny piece of wire. Then, of course, this raised additional questions. When was the last time they checked this wire? Does Mexico even require people to check wires? What sort of moron signs papers in another language and then goes and puts his own life at risk? So I began to verbalize these concerns to my friends and finally my friend Rob, who is very practical in all matters, looked at me and said, Dawson, your options are this. You can walk down this mountain or you can keep going. And to be clear, I am not waiting for you to walk. So you better keep going. I agreed with Rob's logic and I kept going and ultimately I had the time of my life. But here's what I learned that day. Sometimes the scariest moments of life are not at the beginning of a situation or at the end, but right in the middle. Sometimes we have to gird our loins in the middle of the chemo treatment, in the middle of the pandemic in the middle of the divorce, in the middle of the bankruptcy, to ensure that we can keep going. Sometimes the scariest part of a movie is in the middle of the plot. The day that the angel Gabriel appeared to Mary, God's glorious plan was already at work. Mary's part of the great hope-filled plot was already cast. Elizabeth was already pregnant with John, so there, in the middle of her life, Mary found favor with God. Mary found herself pregnant and knew that she was being called to be faithful. So this morning, I find myself wondering who among us is in the middle of the plot who is halfway down the mountain and must gird their loins again? Who is facing a difficult decision again and thought that all of those were behind them? Here is the faithful promise that God has carried forward through the ages. God never leaves nor forsakes us. God never departs halfway through the storyline. God never makes us walk down the mountain. 
the story of Christmas is the incarnation of God. God becoming human. God coming to walk among us. God becoming Emmanuel. God with us. Thanks be to God. Amen. It's a scary time for all of us. All we've had to do lately was open the newspaper or turn on the news or see a notification on our phone to arouse our fears. The one thing that I've learned in my life is that the more I replay those fears, the more anxious I become. For some, it's a worry about family members. For others, it's worries about viruses and vaccines. For others, it's generalized anxiety about an unknown future. Irma Bombeck wrote a little column on fear after her breast cancer diagnosis. Here's what she said. We all know about fear. We know it lives within all of us. We know it doesn't listen to reason. It paralyzes our ability to think, and it expands upon command. We know fear is contagious and can spread from one person to another without physical contact. Is it any wonder then that perhaps the most common repeated command in the entire Bible is, do not be afraid? Does that mean that we should just suppress all of our fears? I don't believe so. Fear can be healthy for us. It flares up as a protective mechanism when we're faced with a perceived danger in our lives. It's when fear goes into overdrive that we have the problems. Unhealthy fears restrict us in powerful ways, causing us to make poor and reactive decisions. For some of us, fear can be all-consuming, keeping us from that abundant life of freedom that Jesus promised us. I have learned that the more fearful the situation, the more I can trust that God is ready to do a new thing in my life. I'm not saying that God causes my fears. What I'm saying is that every time I face down one of my fears, I have grown both emotionally and spiritually in exponential ways. It was a winter of 2015, and my own fears were definitely getting the better of me. I was allowing my fear to prevent me from taking a risk that I'd always wanted to take. It's on my bucket list. It was to ride my bike 450 miles across Iowa in Ragbri. It was going to be a one-week bike ride across the beautiful state with 20,000 of my closest friends. So despite my fears, I signed up for the ride with a younger friend. The closer it came, the more anxious I became. At age 60, could I really do it? I was afraid of failure, of disappointing myself and other people, of injury, you name it, I imagined it. I probably imagined way more things than could possibly have ever happened. I had completely forgotten about the power of faith over fear. 
I picked up Susan Jeffers' book, Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. In it, she made a comment that helped me. At the bottom of every one of our fears is simply the fear that we cannot handle whatever life may bring us. What if you knew you could handle anything that came your way? What would you possibly have to fear? I started to realize that this was much more than fear about a bike ride. It was a fear of taking a risk, of trying a new thing. I started asking questions like, what might you attempt if you didn't think you needed to do things perfectly every time you tried something? What might you attempt for God with your gifts if you found that you failed, it would still be okay? What might you do if you felt so secure in God's love that you were free of needing others' approval? How might you respond to a loss if you believed ultimately that God would carry you through that pain? I did that ride, and I discovered the power of those words, life begins at the end of your comfort zone. I chose faith over fear.